Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ringside Fracas. I'm your host Naeem and today I'm joined by Jide and Chris. Jide, how are you bro? I'm good man. Good. Glad to be back. <laughs> You're buzzing after lo- after this week's results so it's good Love to have it. you on. <laughs> Love it. My enemies are falling one at a time. Mm-hmm. Just we're just waiting for the big fish, the biggest fish, <laughs> the gypsy fraud. That's the next one. But my enemies are falling one at a time, man. Chris and Chris joins us as well. Chris, how are you, bro? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. Decent, decent little weekend in boxing, so can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah like we we were talking about um in the last pod and before, like had two weeks off in terms of British boxing, but we're finally back. And it's back with a bang, or shall I say, back with a zhang. Gilles Zhang, let's get into it, man, because I know we, we all want to talk about it. Gilles Zhang stops uh, Joe Joyce within three rounds. I mean, I don't know how many people would... A lot of people predicted Zhang to win that fight. I'm not expecting... I don't think a lot of people thought with one punch he was going to get that knockout. What a knockout it was. Right hook, probably knockout of the year contender. Um, one, I think... What a way to start British boxing again, you know, to bring back, bring it all back. Undercard was a bit, uh, it wasn't that interesting to watch in terms of the f- matches, but that fight certainly delivered. I mean, where do we begin with this fight in terms of our predictions? What's happening? Let, let, let's get into the fight. That's, that's where we're going to get the fight itself, how it went. Um, Jide, what do you think? I want to, because I know you're amped up about this. What do you think about, what do you think about the performance from both fighters? I think the performance was exactly what I thought was going to happen, except it happened a lot sooner. I didn't expect it to go three rounds. I expected it to go seven or eight. I expected a stoppage. Um, I was just very shocked that Zhang figured out Joyce's timing so quickly. But I shouldn't be that shocked. Like, they've already fought. So it was probably just looking to... Just established that timing and just just it was looking at his eye throughout the the fight, but yeah, yeah. 
So the fight itself. My boy, let's start with, with the loser before I go into the winner. My boy, Joe Juggernaut Joyce, the fake Nigerian, the the Ajebota, the real British Ajebota, the claiming he's Nigerian because his dad was dinner man. Please. That guy, he is the worst boxer I have seen in a very long time. The guy literally uses his chin as a defense. Whenever I feel like a lot of boxing fans understand when anyone, when the when the boxing public are praising you for your chin, it means something is wrong. The only boxer I know that managed to mix it in the elite level and people were praising his chin is Carl Froch. He's an anomaly. He's one guy that I know. His defense was so bad, people were praising his chin, and it was still you could argue was the second best super middleweight of his era. He's just an anomaly. He's very lucky. But any other boxer, look through the time. Whenever they're praising your chin, it means you are getting battered. Maybe Triple G. Yeah, but you look at his fight with Char um, Canelo. He he was rolling a lot of shots. Like he knows how to roll a shot. Joyce doesn't really roll with shots. He just takes it full on. That's the thing. Joyce, yeah. Joyce is like Char. That Char was another one that they praised his chin. He just eats. They just eat shots. So the point I'm trying to make is Juggernaut is dangerously slow. Like, I feel like I could slip a lot of his shots and I don't box. I feel like I can get in there with Joyce and I could time him. <laughs> Joe, Joyce, if you're listening, contact us. We'll start. We'll start. The guy, fights, the guy fights in slow motion, bro. I thought my TV was was at two times um, reduced speed. I'm like, what the hell am I watching here? The like, I was watching and I knew when he was gonna throw a jab. I knew when he was gonna try to do a slip. <laughs> I'm laughing because he's so bad. He is so bad. The guy has no defense. He has the most basic offense. What I will always say is, because he had an amateur pedigree, he knows how to throw a jab. Great. He knows how to... If you tell him, Joyce, circle to the left, he knows how to do that. But what he doesn't know is, if your opponent has figured out you're trying to circle to the left, now he's trying to time you to, with his right hooks, how to adjust to make sure you don't get clocked. He doesn't know that. It's like he was circling to the left, he wasn't throwing anything. So in the first round, as you, as you watch it, Joyce won that round because Joyce was just moving more. It was a round of nothing. Both of them threw nothing. But because Joyce was circling, was pouring with his jab, which is, he just won it on activity because Zhang did nothing. Zhang was just looking at him and trying to work out his timing. I'll give Joyce the first round because he circled to his left. That's what, because he was trying to avoid the left hand when the real, <laughs> when the real damage was coming from the right. Now, the guy needs to, all these guys that were on, on the Joy Joyce train need to cut it out. There were Teddy Atlas. That that guy is a disgrace. He used to be one of the guys I'll say he knew boxing, but he's an absolute bum. I feel like AJ shagged his door. Facts. Like <laughs> we, need go, we need to go like review who Anthony Joshua has been sleeping with because Teddy Atlas has just had a crazy agenda on this guy. Teddy Atlas with his big head said that Joy Joyce is the second coming of George Foreman. Why did he say that? Let's let's review that. It's because my man used his chin as a defense. George Foreman, when he first came up, yeah, although George Foreman was actually way more technically sound than Joe Joyce ever was, 
he also relied a lot on his physical attributes and he took one to give one because he knew if he lands one on you, he's going to take you out. So Teddy, big brain Atlas, must have said, ah, oh, Joey Joyce, he uses his chin too. He's a big guy too. He's relentless too. He must be the next George Foreman. And he's only saying that so he can slight Anthony Joshua because the same big brain bozo Teddy Atlas said, Joey Joyce could stop Anthony Joshua easy. It will beat him up easy. Not considering that Joey Joyce is as slow as molasses. He's slower than my gran, who's passed away, by the way. I feel like my gran, who is in heaven, is faster than Joey Joyce on earth right now. That is the man people are high on because, what, he beat up um, Daniel Triple Quit Dubois. Like, let's keep it real. So, enough of the loser. Let's talk about Zile Zhang. Zile Zhang was always the truth. I feel like we just, we slept on him as a community. And I feel like the Hergovic fight, I remember when I watched that, I thought he won. But I also said it was a close fight. But I thought he won. I gave it to him. So I feel like it was hard done by that. And a lot of his issues has always been stamina-based. Like, after six rounds, he tends to struggle because he's an old man. But then I remember, I forgot the fight before the, the Hergovic fight, that he really struggled, but he said he had a health issue. Jerry Forrest. Jerry Forrest, that's the fight. And I feel like we should have listened to him. It seems He seems vindicated. There must have been something wrong because he outperformed the Hergovic fight. And in the two Joyce fights, he absolutely destroyed Joy Joyce, especially if we look at the second fight. So in the first round, like I said, it was just looking at Joyce, trying to see what Joyce is trying to do. Joyce tried to come out like he's a boxer. And it's like, Zhang was like, he's not buying it. Zhang was like, this guy. He watched him, figured out his time. And then in the second round, you just saw him. He was throwing to the body, threw the straight left to the body a few times. Then he came upstairs, went back to the body, came upstairs. It's like he was luring him with a straight left to time him for his right. And even when it was for straight left, yeah, it was landing flush. You saw, you saw Joy Joyce get hurt at least two times in the second round. And I knew the fight was over. I knew it was done. And then the third round came. Again, Joy Joyce has been hurt. He's bloodied. His eye is cut. He's probably thinking, I need to avoid the straight left. So again, he's circling to the left like the, the idiot he is. And my guy times him for the most beautiful check right hook. Oh, my God. That shit hit the button, man. Ah, my God. Like, I was watching it in my, in, my, in my room. I was just like, damn. Damn. Juggernaut. The guy they called the Juggernaut. He saw him face down on the canvas. That kind of knockout is... That's knockout of the year for me. Knockout of the year. And it's all based on him timing, him luring him and making him think he's safe with his left. Then he got him with his right, checked him, boom. Two-handed power, all she wrote. Joy Joyce doesn't have the hardest, the granite chin that people said he had. He had a good chin, and he probably still has a quote-unquote good chin. But he's 38 years old. You can't mix it at this level by getting clocked all the time. He needs to go back to the drawing board and sort it out. While Zhang, Zhang is just basically the representation of China and UK relations. China don't rate UK. Zhang don't rate Joy Joyce. That's what i got to say. I, I'm just saying... One one more domino piece is falling. We just need that big bum fury to fall. I'm always gonna be here. Listen, I'm a fury hater for life. Until that bum fights you sick, I'm always gonna hate on him. But yeah, that's me, man. Oh, brilliant. That was like 10 minutes almost. Um that was brilliant. Um Chris, 
your thoughts on big juggernaut, big juggernaut? Um, I'll say commiserations first to Joe Joyce because he seems like a good guy. He seems like a humble dude. Um, probably got into boxing because of his stature. Um, he's a nice guy, isn't he? He's a, he's a nice guy. He's a big, friendly giant. And then you have Jiddy just laughing his ass off now. Honestly, <laughs> he's, he's a big, friendly giant, right? But, like, my... He's never been a great boxer. Um, so from the first fight, I'm, I can't remember exactly what our predictions were from the last pod, but I do, I do feel like I said, I felt like this this fight would be a bit easier for Zhang. Um, I knew it from watching the first fight. Zhang rocked him what in the first round of the first fight. Yeah. He rocked him in the first fight, around the first fight. And that was like one of the few times where, in the pros at least, where we've seen Joe Joyce kind of rattled. He managed to weather the storm and didn't take that same amount of damage, to, you know, from like one, one off shots. He didn't react that same way. But obviously the accumulated damage, I've, I feel, saved him from what would have happened in the second fight anyway. So going into the second fight, I didn't think it would end in three. But I thought it'd be a lot easier than the first fight for Zhang. Um, Joyce had very, very, a very, very basic game plan. Even when I saw his IFL interview, um, he was just trying to, um, you know, move away um, from that left hand the entire time. But even like the basic, basic boxing fans could see what he was doing. He had his lead hand just so low every yeah. single time. He'd throw the jab and it would be down by his waist. He'd do that from round one. And it was only a matter of time. It wasn't even... I don't even think Zhang really timed him. I feel like he just let the shot go because yeah. the hand was down and we know Joyce doesn't move his head. So he got caught and he went out. Um, the whole, like Jide said, the whole iron chin, granite chin, juggernaut kind of facade I'm happy it's all over. You should never really be taking that many shots. There's always going to be a shot. Everyone's always got a threshold before they go down, no matter how good you think your chin is. There's only so much damage the brain is designed to take before it shuts off. Um, and yeah, he got caught. He got caught and he was always going to get caught. If it didn't happen in round three, it would happen in round four or five or six. Um, Zhang beats him every time pretty much um i feel like most big punchers um you know your joshua's your wilders i reckon it's it's i think wilder's probably the worst fight he could actually have yeah. um he just doesn't move his head and it's a sit he's a sitting duck i don't know why he doesn't know how to move his head i'm not sure what his coaches have been doing it are doing with him in training I knew there wouldn't be enough time to make the improvements, but I thought they'd have a better game plan than just, you know, straying away from the left hand. You should have a backup plan. Of course, Zhang knows you're going to do that in a rematch. He knew that, and that's why he he knew he was going to get him with that right hand. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what's next for him. I don't know what he can really do. Um, he's a very limited fighter. 
um, that there was a whole excuse about how he hadn't fought enough southpaws and the pros, but he'd gone through the amateur ranks. So in the amateurs, and he wasn't a young amateur. He was in the amateurs till quite late in his career. Yeah. So to come and say you don't know, you don't have enough experience against southpaws, I don't really understand that. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Frank Warren's not got much on his hands anymore. He, I could see what he was trying to do in his interviews. He tried to make it out like he just got caught, Frank yeah. Warren. Yeah. Um, where we all know that he, it was always going to happen. That's just how he fights Joe Joyce. He's always going to get caught. <laughs> um, so he's trying to kind of maybe, probably he's going to make him a gatekeeper coming forward. I feel like he's still got a little bit of hope in Dubois. Yeah, don't know, don't know what's gonna happen with that. Obviously, Dubois is very young, but as we all know, he's a he's a quitter. And for me, <laughs> once a quitter, always a quitter. Um, well, I shouldn't really say that, but like, yeah, he's a quitter. He's done it several times. He's he's very very prone to taking a knee, which in my eyes just means you haven't really got heart. Um, but yeah, um, Joe Joyce, um, he should probably retire. He's a heavyweight, so he's probably got a little bit more mileage on him than um, if he was, you know, someone like Errol Spence, for example. But um, yeah, I wish him all the best with the rest of his career. Yeah, um, yeah, completely right. I, that's the thing. The one thing I, I was confused about was the game plan going into this fight because. I never thought in the first fight that his weight was an issue. Mm. I never thought that him coming in his career lightest for that fight was an issue. Okay, maybe if you want to add on a few pounds, I thought, okay, go up to 240. Is it, you know, even fair enough to add a 10 extra pounds? The fact that he came in 280 and then he tried to box in the first round the way he did, they just contradict each other. If you're going to mm. come in your career heaviest, like you're going to come in 280 as heavier, that tells everyone that you intend to sit on your punches and trade because you've got more weight on your punches now so there should be more force physics but the fact that he'd spent the first round trying to then move it would make sense to be 230 then to move and be more lighter and then in the later rounds try to then set your feet mm. and then in i said on the uh, tweet on the account he did the right things a bit in the first round like you know moving to the left away from that left hand so moving to his left um Keeping the lead hand occupied, so Jang's always going to have to think before he throws. But uh, and then also playing that lead lead foot battle, trying to step on its lead foot or step on the outside of it. But he wasn't. And then when we went to the second round, okay, the first round's a feeler round, and also you, you've been battered by him in the first fight. Okay, fair enough. Just have a feel for it, and then second round, let's get the second phase of the attack going. He didn't, and that's where Zhang noticed. Well, if he's not going to throw anything towards me. I can not have the freedom to throw at him because I know he's afraid of what's going to come back. <clears throat> and he and, and I saw it constantly. He was stepping on Joyce's uh, lead foot, getting that left hand through. And he realized Joyce kind of, as soon as one punch hits, he kind of freezes. So that's when he realized I can hit that combination. And he saw those combinations come in. And mm. Joyce, as soon as he got hit, the plan went out the window because yeah. he's the type of guy, you hit me, I'm hitting you back. Yeah. But there's no thought to it. And it just all fell apart from the second round, I thought. I thought the first round, okay, it's a fair enough round that you, you get through it. And then, but you're not putting enough pressure on him 
So you can fight that first round for 12 rounds. Zhang can, even if he has mm. a crappy gas tank, anyone can fight like that for 12 rounds because there's nothing going on. Is when you start to put a bit of pressure and make them work, then they start to feel, then they start to use more energy. But as soon as round two came along and Jang realized this guy's not going to throw a lot until I start throwing. And then it just all fell apart for Joe Joyce. And I don't know. I think, like you guys said, I think he he, he got it into his head. He probably listened to a lot of people who were making up rubbish excuses that in the first fight that, oh, it was the weight. I remember TalkSport were talking about that, that it was the weight, you know, coming at 230. Yeah. So that drastic change, there's never in, in between. He went from 230 to 280. That's just like, that's such a big jump. Definitely. And it, it didn't make sense. It didn't help him at all. Like, we never said his power was the issue in the first fight. We never said... Um, it, it was literally his stylistically, the fact that he, he wasn't moving his head, the fact that he was pulling out straight. And then he did the same thing in, in the second round and the third round. He was just pulling out towards his right, which is Zhang's left. So if Zhang throws that left, you're going to meet it straight on. And he just get, kept getting hit with it. And that right mm -hmm. hook, it was just all, all Zhang had to do. He came in with the same game plan for the first fight. And it just worked. And just that left straight and that right hook. And that was all he needed and to unravel Joyce. And I think mentally, Joyce was really affected in that fight. A lot. Like he he in the first round, he got in the first fight, he got rocked, but he never he still kept coming forward and he still kept trying to trade. In this fight, he kind of froze at times. Because he didn't, because he was getting hit, and he was obviously getting flashbacks to the first fight of being knocked out. And I think this fight, especially the way he got knocked out, it does a real number on him psychologically. Mm. Like we always talk about AJ psychologically. Look at Joyce now; like he's thirty-eight. The 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 like you said, the facade, the reputation of him having a granite chin, which I always believed was crap. I thought he had a good chin, but mm. if we look at his resume, how many proper big punches has he fought? Not many, like look, Takam Parker, um, who else is there? Uh, Hammer Christian Hammer, Ustinov, like they're not really that hard punches like that. And I always thought my theory, whenever he was coming up, was whenever Joe Joyce is put in there with a fast, hard puncher, like a top puncher, he's gonna get knocked out because, yeah, he, he's just like you say, he's that he doesn't he doesn't change who he is and he's just gonna get hit, he's not gonna move his head. Um, but from Zhang, that's what you have to do. You just go in there and just do the same job. Even his manager said, I, mm. um, I was surprised they did the fight in the first place, like the first fight, they took it to Chip Zhang. And then he was surprised they did the rematch so quickly. But that's the problem with boxing nowadays is because it's all about appearances. Yeah. If Joyce didn't take the rematch, everyone would call him a quitter. Uh, not quitter um, they'll say, you're, you're ducking Zhang. Yeah. And... So he he was for, I, that's why I felt like I, th I felt like he was forced into this rematch, not like a conspiracy thing. He was forced in, but like mentally, he forced himself into this rematch. And his camp himself, they didn't really have an answer on how to beat Zhile Zhang. At least in the um, the Andy Ruiz AJ fight, you knew the path AJ had to beat Andy Ruiz, which he took in the second fight. No one really liked it because obviously it was boxing more, but you knew AJ was always going to be a better boxer than Andy Ruiz, and that's how he fought. In mm. this fight, you, you couldn't really pick on how Joyce could win unless he showed improvements in between the two fights. But obviously, he went straight back into it. And this is what happens when you have immediate rematches. Um, one point that, uh, what's his name, uh, Batman Boxing on Twitter, he made was, you remember, you guys remember Hellenius and Kaunaki? Mm. Kaunaki was obviously meant to beat Hellenius. Like, PBC yeah. was holding Kaunaki, meant to beat Hellenius. 
Lenis beat him and then in the second fight beat him again because that was meant that wasn't meant to happen. And since then, Kanaki hasn't been the same. He's he's been stopped. I, I forgot his record, but I think he's lost like um, I think he's lost every single fight since then. And he's not mm. been the same since Hellenius beat him. Mm. Yeah, he lost to uh, the Turkish uh, the kebab owner Ali uh Aaron Demerizen, and then that Italian um uh deli owner Joe Cusimano, that guy who did and he got caught for steroids, I think, but Oh, he's yeah. never been, and he's never been the same and i think joyce after this unfortunately and i wish like you said i wish him the best he's not a bad guy i just mm. i just don't think i don't think he comes back from this properly yeah like you're never the same especially like this after this because you now know this is worse than when aj lost to Usyk. because at least U Usyk outboxed him so aj knows technically he has no chance this is a guy not only outboxed you he he knocked you out he took everything from you the chin that you've been claiming so much to everyone that that's literally you know when you go to the circus right and they have those attractions and whatever that's his main thing the iron chin that's gone from him now like he doesn't have that anymore so what's the appeal of him if he's been knocked up it's it's, it's a, like i said if he loses this fight i said this on the pod last week if he lost this fight which he does he's now in a really tricky situation with his career because he's in the who needs you club now hmm. even Frank Warren doesn't need him because he doesn't make that. Let's be real. Joe Joyce isn't a big draw like that. As much as we all talk about him, he's not that big of a draw. No. He needs the partner to be the big draw. And that's why um, Warren is talking the way he's talking because he believes more in Dubois becoming a draw over Joyce. And I wouldn't be surprised if that fight is next for Joyce because Frank Warren will use him to get um, to get Dubois' name back up there. Yeah, I, think, I, I agree. I think Dubois wins a rematch. Yeah, the, 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 so this is the next segment. So what's next for Joyce? I think, yeah, I think, I don't know. It depends because, like I said, I, I would bet on Dubois, but that's mainly because I'm feeling that Joyce would be so compromised now. And then the way the first fight went, if this Joyce now goes into that fight, he will definitely break down from that. Because mm. remember, mm. in the first Dubois fight, Dubois had very good moments throughout the whole fight. And mm. you could argue he was winning. Yeah. But Joyce was always putting like money in the bank every time he was landing that jab because it was a solid jab. That's what that's one thing I, I was confused about. He never used his jab against um Zhang like that. I know it's harder because, because Zhang would have timed and clocked his ass. Like, let's be real. Jabbing with a southpaw with your left and jabbing with an orthodox fire is completely different. The yeah, but it's better than Hoy. Yeah, but it's because he knows he's he's not as good as a boxer. He Joyce knows that. That's what like in the first fight, Joyce did try to step in with the jab, then was getting caught. That's how he got his eye busted up. Counters. He's not an idiot. Like when guys are in there, they know their levels, bro. Like Joyce knew Joyce knows. If he tries to step in and puts in a stiff jab, if he misses one, he's getting clocked. Yeah, but that's the thing. Wait, so he would come in at 280. One thing I said on the pod, yeah, if he steps in, tie him up and weigh on him because that will, because then Jang will have to carry him. So why did he should have done something like that? Like be like Tyson Fury where you step in, okay, whatever you tried to do didn't work. Now you're in the range. Tie him up, lean on him, weigh on him. And that's just a tactic you can use throughout the mm. whole round. It's like... I'll be, it was very nov like those two last two performances for him are very like novicey from him. Very novicey. He looked very out of his. I agree. 
he did like he did not know what to do between between uh to, to Zhang or any tricks or anything he could have done so it's, it's a very like it was just very amateurish no no I I agree with you I agree with you and, and I also agree that triple quit would beat him if they fought again so if I'm um Joyce I just fight a a pub uh uh not a pub fire don't go down that path but fight a fringe contender just be like Dylan White. Chase the Dylan White fight. Go fight Dylan White and Dave Allen. Dave Allen. Or Dave Allen. Like one of them guys. Like go fight some just money. Like you will never be world champion. That's not money. Dave Allen's not money. For him. But Dylan White will be money for him. It will the never. The problem with Dylan White is the whole drugs test now thing because that saga we've seen with Conor Ben how long it takes. How long? Yeah, is but Dylan don't White fight in England, man. You don't have to fight with the BBOC, BBBOC. They've got their own issues. Make sure you get that right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Whatever, man. Listen, bro, if they try it, I'll be like, you lot are racist, though. Like, I ain't trying to hear it, man. You don't need no, them. I'm just, I'm just not trying to hear the other version of the, uh, the letter. You're just, you're just, pause, man. Change your, change your life, man. But <laughs> if I'm, if I'm Dylan White and Joe Joyce, I'll come together, go to Luxembourg, get a temporary license and fight. Do what Conor Ben's doing. Just go fight in Florida. Go, go somewhere else and fight. Get 500k, one mil if you can, whatever. And set into the sunset. He's never going to be world champion. He will never be a top five heavyweight. He will never do it. Like, yeah. triple quit has more... Like, at least with triple quit, you can market him a certain way, which is what Frank Warren did to get him a, a fight with Usyk. Joy Joyce can't... You can't... Can you market him? He's Uchi, not that... Uchi, Uchi no, quit. No, do what? Do what? Yeah, triple quit. I, well, yeah. he got marketed. He got... Put in a position where I think he got marketed because again, again, I think both with Dubois and Joyce, you have to look at their terms of can they sell out. I don't think they sell, both of them sell like that. I think the only thing with Dubois is Frank Warren genuinely believes that Dubois can be AJ, and that's why he's got so much stock in him, and that's why he the the way Dubois got that title shot in the first place wasn't because of what he did, bro. The the fight before Usyk was against Kevin Lorena. Before that, when he got his title, that was against Brian Jennings in some random leisure center in Miami. And they couldn't even sell that out. Mm. Like he, he can't sell. And du, Dubois has got that thing that um, that I don't know how to explain it, but he's got that thing where he's kind of slow. <laughs> I called it. He's got. I don't want to say it as well, but you know what it is. You know, yeah. we don't know what he's got. We all you know. know we, yeah, we don't need to say, it, but we know what it is. We all know what it's got. I don't want to be discriminatory, but it's not marketable. That I, hate marketable. I, I hate you. I hate you. And I also think because Dubois is young, and that's what I can't call him. He's, he's he's simple. Cool. Yeah, simple. That's a good word. He's simple. But what I would do if I was um, triple quit, not triple quit, sorry, if I was Joy Joyce, is I would go and get Sam, his boy, to message Dylan White and be like, guys, let's come together and let's just try and make bricks and bread. Because there's no... He's, he's, although we say he's not like a big name, he's a name. He's one of the names... Joy Joyce is one of the names of the heavyweight division. The fact that the Americans even know who he is to even say he can beat Adrian and these men or whatnot, they know who he is. So there's not many heavyweights where people know who he is. If he goes and fights one of these young up-and-coming like Jolo Loff, or although Jolo not young, and, and these guys will just get starched. Like, it makes no sense for him to do that. So if I'm triple quit, I would be like, I want that rematch. If I don't get that rematch, if I was Joy Joyce, I'll go and um, fight like one of these guys, like Dylan White, someone that's out, like, or Derek Chisora. Derek Chisora. That's an easy one. 
Yeah, listen, Derek Chisora still wants to fight. So yeah, if you're gonna fight Derek Delboy, you'll get some money for that, and, and he'll beat Delboy. Delboy yeah, yeah. I think he hides him. He hides him completely. I think yeah. I'll beat the old boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's finished, man. He's finished, bro. But yeah, that's that's his level, man. That's all he can do. His career is done. And if I'm Zide Zhang, I am trying to get a WBO mandatory or whatever. I'm getting that. I'm asking for that because Fury's not gonna fight. actually. Fury can fight him because it's an easier fight. But Usyk, yeah, he can. He can. He can give Usyk problems, but. Yeah, man. Uh, Dow says Jermaine Franklin could be a good shout for Joe Joyce. Yeah. No, I, the, the thing with Franklin is uh, it's hard to build you because you're he's he's a former AJ opponent and Dylan White opponent. He's kind of building his name off of that. But you've got to also like get the performances also to back it. So I'm not sure how viable. Because one thing also you have to remember is this is a business. And that's why Frank Warren's so keen to move on from Joe Joyce. You can tell by the way he's talking. It's a business and he wants the big money fights. And that's why I, I tweeted on the account. I think Dubois, and like you said, Dylan White, if he sorts that out, AJ even, those fights are the best fights for him because he'll make the most money out of that. Um, but the Joshua fight already got shut down by uh, Eddie Hearn. He said, oh, we're not going to put him in there. Look how he got knocked out. We don't want that happening again. You but, know what? Yeah. Let me tell you something about, about Eddie. Yeah. He said that in a way where he wants people to react. He wants people to react and think and say, oh, no, like Zhang was blah, blah, Zhang's this, Zhang's that. And so he can come and say, all right, if you lot think that Joe Joyce is so good, AJ versus Joyce, we'll see what happens. That's kind of, that's the kind of like what he wants to do. He's leaving the door open. He's picking his words very, very carefully. Um, he's trying to, he's trying to say it in a way where he wants people to challenge him. And challenge the idea that he thinks it's an easy fight for AJ, which it is. We know it is. We've seen him sparring before, and AJ was lighting him up. Yeah. Um, AJ looked like Mayweather in that clip, man. Honestly, he actually looked like Mayweather. But it would be, it would be a great fight for AJ. AJ should have taken. I don't know why he didn't take the fight earlier. I know there was this whole thing about, um, um, Joyce's chin and yeah. The attrition and breaking down fighters and whatnot, and is is AJ ready for for this? We know AJ has already experienced sparring him. We know that AJ generally does better with taller fighters. It would have been a match made in heaven. It would have been way better than fighting Jermaine Franklin, that's for sure. Yeah, um, it would have been a, like I said, it would have been an easy fight for AJ. But the problem with AJ, AJ thinks he's a chess player. He thinks he's he's Usyk blended with Mayweather with a bit of... No, you know, but you know what? Even this whole chess thing, it would have worked against Joyce. Yeah, no, it would have, but it wouldn't. The, what, the problem Eddie has is he wants knockouts. Although he didn't get a knockout against Franklin, which hmm. was annoying for him, he's probably thinking when he was matching him up, ah, oh, we can probably... He, he probably bought into the chin thing. So he's probably thinking yeah. AJ... If AJ is landing flush on Joyce and doesn't knock him out, it hurts his stock. Yeah. So that's probably why I feel like they didn't make that fight. Yeah. And AJ himself, if AJ was doing his, his Floyd Mayweather impersonation and isn't stepping into his punches and trying to knock him out, it's just not going to be a great look. Hmm. That's why I think they didn't do it. But I'm with you. I feel like they should have. It would have been the easiest. Bro, AJ will get all his confidence back in that fight. Boy. Yeah. And but why they... 
Honestly, he would have. And why they went to go and pick Hellenius, I still this day, I still do not know. You knock the guy, you knock, you knock the guy out. You spot the guy out, and you still look bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You were never gonna win with Hellenius. It was impossible. The only saving grace he had is that Hellenius got busted for drugs, and that even that nobody really cares. Yeah. But yeah. um. You, there were so many different options. But anyway, Joyce, for Joyce, um, I feel he needs to be realistic about his ambitions. I know he's talking about trying to get into a world title contention again. It's not going to happen. Um, he's not interesting to fighters, um, apart from Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, might, I wouldn't put it past him, if I'm being honest. Um, but I feel like British level, European level, he still has a shot of making a lot of money. Yeah. Getting belts and getting, you know, world titles, it's not going to happen for him. He's not good enough. He's too old. He's not going to improve. People already know that aura about his chin has gone. It's completely vanished. Nobody cares about this whole juggernaut persona. People are just going to try and take you out now because they know you don't move your head and they know that you're not infallible anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's not really gonna, he's not gonna be in a mix. Um, I feel like the fight for me just showed how poor of a fighter Joseph Parker became. He still is poor. He still is poor. Yeah. No, I, I mean Joseph Parker. To think that people, maybe AJ did kind of carry him a bit. Um, AJ might have not had the best of performances against Parker. It was a bit awkward. And as we know, AJ struggles against shorter fighters. But to, to get battered the way Parker did, right? Yeah. And to 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 lean into those shots, because he hit Joe Joyce with some heavy ass shots. Some big well, relatively for him. Yeah, and to not do anything, and to to not even leave a proper mark on his face when he's been marked up in three rounds against Zili Zhang. Um, yeah, he's not a great fighter. And I've always said, to be honest, one one thing I've always said about Joe Joyce is that his chin, I think, is good. I don't think I've never thought it was great, but he's got a great poker face, and that's the main thing about Joe Joyce. He never really looks like he's hurt. If you watch any of the fights where he's been hit with a big shot, his face doesn't change much. Even when he got rocked in the first round in the first fight versus Zili Zhang, his face was still okay. His legs were what the giveaway was. Yeah. Um, and he's tough, man, because to even get up from that shot, I mean, he got he got called off, but to get up from that shot, um, it says a lot about him. Yeah. But yeah, he's done, man. He's done. Sorry. <laughs> Um, Dal says there's rumors going about uh AJ fighting Jarrell Mill in December. A bit of if you no, that doesn't happen. I think Jarrell's gonna fight thing, Mahmoud Cha, and they're looking at that. I don't think there's any rumors about AJ and Miller, but AJ is looking for an opponent in December. I know that. Mm. Do you think Joyce needs to move away from Salas if he wants to get back into contention? I don't think Salas is his problem, I think it's just mm. him, but yeah. Salas isn't good anyway. Fam, so Joyce can go and dig up Emmanuel Stewart and it will still not change anything, bro. Yeah, he might as well get us, man, to, to coach him. I don't mind. I'll take it. Yeah, well, uh, well, honestly, it will be cheaper and it will get the same results. 
<laughs> cheaper. I'm charging him thirty percent, fam. For my knowledge, no, you're not. For no, my you're knowledge, not. I'm charging him thirty percent. No, but you're not, man. I'll, I'll turn him to prime Mayweather, fam. The heavyweight version. Nothing, bro. Heavyweight version. is just gonna show him like clips of nineteen. 19- 20s and 1800s boxes and tell him, Look, you got to fight like that cross guard and everything. That's what got him knocked out in this fight. Trying to do, <laughs> you don't know, need to stop disrespecting the past, man. No, no, we respect the past. You don't respect we, the past, it's, it's there for a reason. You don't respect the past for a reason. Don't respect the past. You lot need to understand. We the people, there, yeah. there's different guards and different ways to express different styles. During the experimental era of boxing, when everyone was trying yeah, all these exactly. different things, you get out of here, man. When everyone was trying <laughs> all these different things to get to the elite level, then we knew what worked and what didn't. However, yeah. the real thing about innovation is things come back. Look at football. Different stuff like three at the back or two, or you're playing two midfield. They've been done before in the past. But when Pep and them, man, do it in a modern context, they're like, wow, innovation. But it's not even really that. It's just going back and seeing... What worked at a certain time at a certain time and we implement it. Listen, listen to what you're saying, yeah. This I'm, is what no, you're no, saying. No, let me land, let me finish. Uh, go, go, go. So with boxing styles, with different guards and different all that needs to happen is we get a proper coach who's not a bozo or a PT or a personal giant. One of the, no, no, a proper boxing man to come look at a style that might have been like forgotten or or misappropriated or not taught properly. Bring it back to today to an, a talented fighter, and now everyone will copy them. The Philly show has existed forever. But the reason yeah. why everyone, every Tom, Dick, and Harry wants to do it now is because when Mayweather does it, he uses it the right time, and he doesn't just use his natural reflexes. He uses the mechanics of the style to evade punches. So that's why he doesn't move his legs as much and just his upper body and his torso. And that's why it works for him. And he doesn't just do the Philly show all the time. Sometimes he does the high guard, but all these bozos want to copy Floyd. They just think he does the Philly show all the time. That's what I'm trying to say. Floyd, for example, Pernell Whitaker for me, is probably the most natural gifted boxer in evading shots. Like his show, when he does the Philly show and when he's rolling punches, it's so natural and so fluid. But you can't copy that. You can't teach that. And guys weren't trying to copy that. But guys are trying to copy Floyd because of the star power and all that jazz. But they don't understand Floyd uses different guards. That's what I'm trying to say. So you can be laughing at the cross guard today. The cross guard has its uses. If you use it right, if you implement it in the correct way in today's game, you can get some use out of it. That is my point. So don't come in and say, I'll be talking about 1800s <laughs> and 1920s. No, it's not just that. It's because I'm an historian. I study the sport. It's not my fault that I'd be knowing this shit. Hey, it's man. Right. Yeah, so what, by the way... What, what, what I would say to that, yeah, is that what Queensbury rules have been existing since what mid 1800s, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, In that time, right. we've had hundreds of thousands, actually, probably no millions of boxers. In that time, do you know what I mean? From the amateur ranks all the way to professional ranks, we probably had millions of boxers, right? Now, all of these styles and most of these techniques have been trialed and tested in some form, some way or form, some shape or form, um, from then till now. Do you know what I mean? And what's happened is that the techniques that are more successful have been brought into the new era, into newer generations. And those of what's been, that's what's been implemented 
into you know what we see today. The Philly show and um, what do you call it? Um, just the shoulder roll, all of that. Mayweather has taken that from um, an era where it was semi-successful. Uh, he's seen other guys use it. We've seen guys like James Tony use it in their own way. And they've platformed off of that. It has its uses. A lot of these things have their uses. But there's more than one way to, to fight. And from what we know and from what we see, there are methods to boxing that we generally see more at the top level. And as a fighter, for me personally, if I'm coaching someone, I want them to use the most successful of methods. So if my fighter's going to start doing cross guard here and then he gets, <laughs> and then he gets sparked out like George Joyce, yeah, there's no way, right, I'm going to give that to my fighter to start doing but that. that. But the point is, just like with anything, if everyone is doing the same thing, the cream doesn't... It's harder for the cream to rise. Bro, this, you know what the difference I, is? This is I'm boxing, not, bro. I know, no, but that's, but that's the point. But that is there's, the point. There's life li at that, risk. It's not that, free fight, too. That, but that is the point. You're, you're just... Bro, not everyone does the, the Philly show because not everyone can do it. Not everyone can do it. Everyone does the same high guard or low guard because those are the two... If you if you got good reflexes, you can get away with a low guard. If you haven't got great reflexes, stick mm. to the high guard, get in his chest. Everyone does the same two things. However, the ones that tend to dominate the sport have adapted some form of guard, either it's the high or the low, or mm. it's shell. They've adapted something. Even Tyson Fury, he rolls punches, bro. The guy oh, has cool. his own shell. I'm not saying it's a Philly shell, but he has his own sort of shell where it allows him to use his length, pause, and roll shots and and do what he does. Like, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, you can't course, just... But we don't, we don't need to go and start watching 19, 12 boxing. Yeah, I'm not saying you should. That was Naeem's little crap. I'm not saying you should. I'm trying to tell you, just because yeah, John Joyce used the cross guard shit doesn't mean other boxers now can't use it. Everything no, happens. no, no. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just... No, that's what I'm, I'm saying. No, no, no. Of, of course, boxers can use it. My thing is, for the most part, I've not seen, apart from George Foreman, I've not seen anyone in the quote-unquote modern era use it and be successful. I have seen Tyson Fury use it in the past, early in his career, not, not by way of choice, but just by way of trying to protect himself by any means possible. He's a big guy. He's got long arms. Um, I can't remember who it was against, but I, I saw him use it once. But it's not like it's a common occurrence. I've seen MMA fighters use it. I think Leon Edwards, he uses it. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, the, the cross guard is the main use for the cross guard is it's great at blocking uppercuts. And if you try to throw uh, uh, them fake hook um, crosses, them them awkward shots, it's probably good for that. It's not great at spotting shots where you need to actually see the punches coming. That's and your, you, body, your body's wide open. Yeah, yeah. That's where the that's where the guard is is very very defunct. But like I said, is I feel like boxers at the the highest level just need to know when and how to use some of these different guards and they'll be fine. That's just literally it, but yeah. So yeah, it's, if you want to listen to more of this, uh, come to Brunel University. We'll be in the history department every Wednesday at three. <laughs> lectures like this. Be there. Yeah. See you next week then. 
um, <laughs> I don't know how we segue onto this. With, with master knowledge, master knowledge, <laughs> master knowledge the coming on as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for Zhang? I mean, ideally, it's only two opponents that we probably want to see him in with, either Fury or Usyk, right? He deserves the world title shot, nothing really else. Maybe Joshua and Wilder, but if they are locked up with each other, then it's the title shot next for Zhang, I guess, yeah? Yeah, That's man, Chase, Chase Fury, man. That's where the money's at. Yeah, yeah. Fury, Fury will give him. Fury will give him a thirty percent, forty percent. Get him a Wembley fight. Sell into the sunset. He's forty, bro. He's not. He's not got much fights left in him. So he's using this to chase the money. Usyk yeah. fight. If it fight, if the fight's in Poland, it can make money. So maybe they can chase that as well. I don't know. Or in China, he's a big draw in China, Zhang. Yeah, yeah. And and Usyk likes to travel. Yeah, so they can do that in China. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she just. Fuck everyone else, world title fight. He shouldn't entertain AJ. Don't actually AJ makes him money. Okay, maybe you can entertain yeah. that. But he shouldn't entertain anything but a world title or a money fight. He's 40. That's why he's what I would 40 do. years old. 40 yeah. years old. Yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't play, man. There's no build up no more. Yeah. It has to be now. It has to be right yeah. now. That that was the thing for both of them in this fight. It was it was literally after this, go for the title, nothing else. Yeah, I think Zhang, if Zhang lost this fight, he would have had to retire. Yeah, yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I agree with that. All right. So sticking with this week before we move on to next week's big fight, Conor Ben returns. Like I, like I said, um, obviously the rumors went around. And then on the Thursday before the fight, they announced he came back. Uh, he was making a comeback on the Florida card, which was, I guess, was a haul. It was really, a, it, it wasn't even York Hall. It was like a... <laughs> Mall Hall, American Leisure Center type thing. You know, there's conference centers um, against at 154 against Rodolfo or Corzo. What do you, um, Chris? What do you think about? Did you watch his return? Or what do you think? Let me tell you the truth. Yeah, I just watched the highlights this morning. I was not going to watch that whole fight. Um, everyone's coming with this. Oh yeah, he's off the drugs now, so he looks like he's lacking power. No, I don't really think it's that. Um, he um, he obviously didn't have the the ability to knock out his opponent. It was pretty game to be fair. Um, didn't look that great, if I'm being honest. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to see him in with Eubank, based off of that performance. Um, he won. Um, I guess he was kind of entertaining at some points. But um, honestly, it was like, it felt like a nothing fight to me. Um, it felt like a, yeah, just trying to get the ring rust out. Obviously, he's not been in the ring for how long now? 18 months. 18 months. That's a long time to be out, um, out without a fight. So um, everyone's talking about his power. I don't think it's that at all. It is definitely ring rust. Um, he's obviously had, a, had to go through quite a lot. And his career has pretty much been in the mud. Still not really clear what's going on with um, 
well, in the UK anyway, um, being able to be sanctioned. Um, but yeah, it was a nothing fight. It's not a fight I would, I would advise anyone to go and see retrospectively, to be yeah. honest. I, I tried to watch it live and somehow fell asleep. I don't blame the you. laptop was on my chest. I was just like, just knocked out. There was just no way I was going to watch that fight, man. No, 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 I didn't watch it. You didn't miss anything. Like I said, you didn't miss nothing. It wasn't, there was nothing to look at. It was just because they needed him to get a fight because it's been so long. They got him on the undercard. And it's, I can't lie, Matchroom, like I said, they've been about this the wrong way, but it's making Conor Ben more of a villain, which is working. Mm. Even though they handled it the wrong way, it's working. So, so like, with the Canelo stuff, transparent as they could be, did everything, more tests, the meat, whatever, post, but the, the Mexican, the trade, the supplies, showing that it was whatever, contaminated. That We still don't know why the clomiphene was in his system. They haven't explained that at all. We there's, know there's why. No, hmm? We know why. Oh, we, yeah, but in terms of, you know, when they try to give their, their, their reason. Um, yeah. That 270-page document is still no one knows what's on it or if there's anything about it that tells you anything about this drugs issue. Like you said, we don't know if he's going to fight in the UK again. That's still not clear because um, the British Boxing Board of Control and UCAD are appealing the decision from NADP. Mm -hmm. um, it's just everything's so confusing. You don't know what's going to happen next with Conor Ben. It's like what is to a casual fan, you're you're left in the you're, you're left in the dark basically. You don't know what's going to happen. And but what it feels like now, the traction is. I think the fight with Eubank is going to happen in December. I think they're going to do everything they can. They're going to push all the legal and nonsense or whatever it is. I don't understand it, half of it. Um, to you know, UCAD and BB, the British Boxing Board of Control. I think they're going to lose that because they always do. Remember, these lot don't have the money to keep fighting these type of cases when they go big and mm -hmm. they don't they can't retain the lawyers like that and whatnot so i think eventually and i think and i think you're right off of this performance i don't want to see him in with eubank but i think they're going to go for it because i think it's like a now or never situation like get it done now while the interest is still there strike while the iron is hot because eubank could also easily lose his next fight to whoever um yeah it's just confusing and the fact that he made his return in florida at 4 a.m., not 4 a.m., it was like 2.30, 2.30 a.m. in some random Florida leisure center. It just, it's just big. It's crap, isn't it? Yeah. He, but what he did show was, what he's always shown throughout his career, on drugs or not, he's limited. As a fighter, he's very limited. Like, just his skill. And I remember, Jide will know this, I remember when people were talking about, when we were talking about Conor Ben when he knocked out, you know, Algeria and Van Heerden or whatever, me and Mark were, and, and, and Sam's were the only people that said, when this guy gets to a certain level, he's not going to win a world title because he, he's just, he's he's got his peak and he won't get further than that. And all they're doing here is pushing with that pay-per-view model of, let's just build him as a star before we build a champion. And fair enough, like you make the most out of your asset, regardless mm. of his uh, insecurities and his, um, his limitations. But do we want to see the Eubank fight next? Are you keen to see that? If if he can fight in the UK, I don't care. But I don't care to talk about. It. I can't even lie to you. I'd rather, I, I, the reason I need the reason it needs to be next is because I don't really care about any other Conor Ben fight. Fair enough. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing really drives me to want to go and see him fight. 
Um, yeah. I feel like the bad blood, the build up, the controversy is what makes the um, Eubank Jr. fight very entertaining. But as a boxer, I don't really have much stock in in um, Conor Ben. I think he hits hard. But there isn't anyone I'd really like to see him up against, if I'm being honest. He hasn't proved much in, in the sport. Um, he's called out a lot of people that I know he cannot defeat. Um, yeah, I think it's just about um, getting that big Eubank... Ben fight on. Ranch says, imagine being a father and son combo and still getting punched up by the same family. That's, That's scary. Mad. That is mad. If that happens, that you can't come up, you can't really come back for that, like in terms of chat, having a chat for anyone. But money in it. So but you can tell for that fight, Connor's gonna be on a good diet of eggs for that fight. A very <laughs> good diet of eggs. No drug uh, testing, hopefully. <laughs> But moving on to next week, a big fight. I think this is a really good fight. I think it's an underrated fight that a lot of people aren't really paying that much attention to. Obviously, Canelo versus Charlo, double undisputed champions, uh, meaning two undisputed champions facing each other for the undisputed super middleweight uh, title. I think this is one of the best Canelo fights we've gotten since the Bivol fight. So it was over a year ago. It's one of his best opponents. Um, I really do think people are underestimating Charlo's chances in this fight. I think he's got a much better chance of him winning. I'm not saying he wins, but I think mm. he will put up a much better fight than we've seen from Triple G and from uh, Ryder, uh, even from Callum Smith as well. I think he's going to put a, and, and Billy Joe. I think he's going to put a much better fight than them guys. But I also think people are overestimating Canelo's supposedly decline. I don't think yeah. he's, yeah, I don't think he's on the slide the way people think he is. I think. Those last two performances against Ryder Golovkin, he won them comfortably. It's just people didn't see that he knocked them out. And then obviously the uncertainty after the Bivol fight, which we all knew stylistically he was never going to win that fight. Mm -hmm. not, it's not just the weight, but the style of Bivol was always going to be a problem for him, what he holds. For sure. Um, with Charlo, the thing about Charlo is he doesn't possess a lot of tools that typically Canelo falters against. He doesn't. He has a decent jab, but not an active one. In fact, Charlo is one of the lowest punching champions um, in boxing, but he gets a lot of knockouts because he hits hard. Mm. But you have to be comparative with his knockouts because he's been knocking out super, uh, light middleweights. And obviously Canelo has been going up and knocking out uh, light heavyweights. So there's a mm. difference in their power and how much it will translate when they fight each other because he is moving up two weight classes. We'll have to see. But I think... He is very, he's good on his feet. He's very mobile, Charlo. And I think, and I saw some of his clips. Um, he was training with the Cuban guy, Joan Guzman, I think I forgot his name. Um, they were prioritizing hitting and then moving. Um, mm. So I think the movement part will, will definitely get to Canelo because he sometimes plods with his fleet. He doesn't cut the ring off as, as well as he should. Um, but the volume is going to be a problem for Charlo because he's not throwing enough, I think. I think for Canelo, you have to be busy with him or else he's not going to think about throwing any of his... Like, he's not going to think twice about throwing an attack if you're not busy enough. Um, mm. I think it's going to be similar to, you know, the Castaño fight with Charlo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Castaño was the volume puncher. He was coming forward, pressuring him. I think Canelo's going to be similar to that where he's not going to do what he did against uh, Golovkin and... Uh, right away, he's just going to look for those one shots, but he's going to push him, break, push him, push him back, 
just keep going to the body, working him and trying to get him out in the later rounds and uh, cutting that ring off, getting taking the space away from him. Um, and yeah, I think I think we'll see a better Canelo in this fight. I think this is one where he'll he'll definitely motivation wise he'll know he'll be up there. I think the other last two fights you can agree they weren't the best fights for him because they weren't big threats. We knew when Golovkin would go in for the third fight, he was 40. Like it, it, He was who he was. It was just the third fight to get more money. And then Ryder, mandatory. Ryder's as tough as they come, but his skill-wise is very limited and he's not that great of a fighter, and not a boxer. Hmm. But this fight, I think he's, he knows he's got to put on a performance. I think he's going to do anything to put on a good performance. I think early on, you're going to see Charlo have good moments where he's where Canelo's struggling to close the gap and he's struggling to um, he has to deal with the movement, but his overall work is still going to be there throughout the rounds. I'm very undecided on whether or not Canelo stops him in the later rounds or whether or not he, Charlo can survive that onslaught. But I think I think stoppage in rounds ten to twelve will be my pick. Chris, what's your thoughts? Um. Yeah, for me, I, I'm of the the count that I don't think Canelo's regressed as much as everyone's exaggerating. I feel like he's been in difficult fights, and the fighters he's, he's been up against have put up some serious, serious opposition. They've they've actually worked and tried to to beat Canelo, which is not easy. It's boxing, and these aren't like bums of fighters. You know what I mean? Um, the one thing for me was um. Jamel's height, I feel like it will definitely play a factor. I'm not sure about his reach, but I know his height will definitely play a factor. I feel like if there's a shot that's going to take out Jamel, it's going to be an overhand, like an overhand right hand, um, similar mm -hmm. to like the Khan knockout. Um, what knockout? The Khan knockout. Sorry, I didn't hear you there. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Khan as in Amir Khan. Obviously, that because that. Never yeah, happened. no, not that one, not that one. There's yeah. another Amir Khan that got knocked yeah, out yeah. by Canelo, time ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, it's a tough fight, man. It's a really, it's it's for me, it's harder to call than the Crawford Spence, and it's it's just because there's so many different factors here. There's the weight that comes into it. There's the punching power. There's because we know Jamel Charlo hits hard. We know he hits hard for his weight class. Yeah. We don't know how that's going to transfer into going up two weight classes. Um, we know Canelo is quite significantly shorter than him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't know how well Jamel is going to deal with body shots. I tried to look at the uh, first Castano fight, um, and we know Canelo's a, a bigger, stronger version of Castano, um, more technically gifted as well. Much I just feel, I just feel like. So, if I was to predict, hmm. if I was to do like a baseline prediction, I think I'd go for a Canelo unanimous decision. I feel like Jamal Charlo is tough, but I don't think he's gonna be able to have the output to. Um, win rounds, and um, that that would be my prediction. I don't I don't necessarily see a knockout either way. 
Yeah. It doesn't really, obviously, if there was to be a knockout, it would be, like I said, an overhand right from, from Canelo. But other than that, I don't really, I thought if I was to go for a prediction, it would be a unanimous decision uh, to Canelo. Fair enough. Yeah, that, that's similar to mine because I, I was teetering between 10 to 12 or unanimous decision whether or not Charlo has the toughness to, to be able to survive. Yeah, especially Canelo. JD, what's your thoughts on this big? Does it count as a super fight? I think we can call it a super fight now. In terms of profile of Charlo, maybe not, but it is it's undisputed versus undisputed. Yeah. So I thought we should treat it as such. But in terms of the fight, Charlo needs to cut that shit out. That is a small guy. He's not small. He's big, bro. In the head to heads, he's been bigger than Canelo in every single head to head I've seen. He's bigger than him. Canelo mm -hmm. is a small guy. The only difference is because Canelo, the way he's built, it's hard for him to take off a lot of body fat and do all that other stuff. So, anyway, to get to the fight, if Canelo fights anything like how he fought Daniel Jacobs, he beats the crap out of Charlo. If he fights anything like that, he beats the crap out of him. Because Jamal Charlo don't have a better jab than Daniel Jacobs. I think the combination punching is very similar. I also feel like Daniel Jacobs is a bit... They're very similar, in my opinion, which is why I wish that fight happened, but it never did. So, if he fights Jacobs where he's able to slip, although, like, he's able to read the three-punch combos, he's able to slip the jabs, fam, he will give Charlo fits all night. However, if Charlo can just keep him at the end of the jab, expect some PBC cooking, he's going to win that fight. But I don't expect Canelo to lose this. I'll be very shocked if Canelo um, loses this fight. I think he has more than enough. I, I do agree with the sentiment that's out there that Canelo's on a slide. He's for like 60, 70 fights. Is the wear and tear is there. However, I do not think Charlo's the man to take him down. Charlo's no Bivol. Like, everyone needs to be real. Bivol is a different level to Charlo. Yeah. So... No, according like, to Americans, bro. You see, you PBC PBC fan base just think anything PBC is gold. So whenever their fighters get smacked up, they're bare shocked. That's why I need P Shooter, aka Tank, to fight someone so we can see him get smacked up as well, so they can wake up. But yeah, um, Bivol is a different level to Charlo. If Canelo doesn't, I I I just can't see it. But I can see, like, if Canelo is really falling off, then yes. But if Canelo is anything like his prime, no, Charlo's not beating him. <laughs> then body shots are going to rip him. Every time he slips a jab, straight left hook to the body. He's just going to break him down. But, again, we just don't know, man. When the fight night comes, I, I'm staying up for that fight. So, But, yeah, man, I, I have Canelo winning that, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a great card as well. I'm just looking through it. You've got Ugas versus Barrios for the WC interim world weight title. Um, you've got Frank Sanchez making a return on that card against Scott Alexander. Mm. You've got Gvozdik on that card. You've got um, Jesus Ramos versus Erickson Lubin. Um, Elijah Garcia, good middleweight contender. I mean, I'd rank him in the top 10 or getting towards the top 10. Like, it's a really good card. And then you've also got that Floyd's 17-year-old um, uh, prospect, that Kamel Moton. Yeah. He, that kid, he's making his debut also on that card. So it's a really big card. And it's really, it's, it's, I think, pay-per-view-wise, it should do decent numbers. Like, it should sell well for the n names that are on it. And 
And it, it, it's in comparison to the Zhang fight, the Zhang, the entire undercard for the Zhang Joyce call was just, a, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. I can't lie. There was not really many fights there that were that good. Um, especially the Yard and the, um, who was after Yard? Who was before Yard? Oh, the two Yeah. I, I thought Itama's hand speed was quite good. I thought, well, yeah, that guy's got some really quick hands, but I thought the opposition was very just underwhelming. Yeah, extremely. Yeah, I can't wait for next week, man. That's going to be really good. I think the, they, the PB, I can't like, even though you hate PBC, Jida, you got to give it to them. Their cards are <laughs> amazing. Their pay per view cards this year have been amazing. They put on the best fights this year. No, they, they've stepped up this year. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them more. I'm proud of them. They do it more than my agenda might stop, but I don't see it. I don't see it, man. They, they're too high risk. Um, I mean, low risk, high reward model. The only reason they're doing these cars is because their business was gonna fold. They had to do it. like they were forced to do this. Like it wasn't like yo, we oh, like literally they wanted to do Spence versus Thurman, but Spence was like, no, I want Crawford. I want Crawford. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have got this fight. So the only reason they did Tank versus Garcia is because everyone knows Tank will beat the crap out of Garcia. Like they just low risk, high reward. Like they don't want to take risks they just don't canelo is canelo so you'd be an idiot not to even entertain any fights with him so that is why these fights are happening if it was a situation where they had the power they wouldn't do these fights that's how we see p shooter aka tank fighting barrios and Cruz and all these bums so yeah man i'll, I'll give them credit good year but if it i doubt it will continue if it does continue big up pbc in it yeah um but yeah big big year for them big year for boxing as well um well what, what i'll start to do at the end of these pods is uh let you people know if you're listening if you're watching fights that you may not know we've also got uh gassia versus valin um in turkey of all places but yeah that's happening on uh on saturday you've got jaya pataya who i think is the number one cruiserweight in the world making his matchroom debut in the over arena for some reason against uh jordan thompson uh, I can't think of any other fights that are out there, but if there are and I'm missing them, I apologize. But yeah, so look out for those fights as well. But Canelo Charles, that's the big fight for next week, and can't wait for that. But yeah, um, I think we'll end it there. Yeah, yeah, oh, all right. So please, if you're watching, subscribe, comment, like, do all that funny business. Um, not that funny, but yeah. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. And we will see you next week after a good week of uh, boxing. See you then. Peace out. Peace. Yeah, yeah, Lennox Lewis. Lennox, I'm coming for you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I, in I, seven I or eight seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one could stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Sports Social Podcast Network.